Hello, 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 everyone. Good morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Ooh, good morning, LinkedIn, and good morning, Doreen. You know what, Doreen? If I had a tail, I'd wag it. So just for your information, right before we go live, I asked Robert, how are you doing, my friend? And he told me to be determined. <laughs> TBD. So he told me TBD. So, so are you okay? You're good? All right? How you feel? <laughs> I'm good. And you know what? Just so everyone knows. Doreen has no idea what I'm going to say whenever she asks me that question. So every week is just a surprise. Yeah, and honestly, every week I just look forward to your answer. <laughs> so welcome everyone on this new live episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. This is a pleasure to be back live here to have, you know, those conversations and to share with your tips um, that can help you you know, nail your skills so you become a better version of yourself. And, uh, you know, Robert, I have looked, before we go live, I, I took a look at our uh, LinkedIn page, Good Morning LinkedIn. So for those of you who don't know it, we do have a LinkedIn page, Good Morning LinkedIn. And we ask you and encourage you to go and follow us over there because we are building a community. Everyone will be in one place. And so we can start hosting our show every Saturday on the, the LinkedIn page. And I think we are, we are very, very soon about to reach 100 members, right? I think we need about four more people to go follow that page. I think we're at 96, maybe 97. And you know the beauty of it is that once we reach 100 members on the page, we will be able to start hosting the show over there so everything is gathered in one place and you guys you can you know communicate network and keep the conversation keep growing those relationships that you are building in one place how cool is that yeah so oh go ahead go ahead my friend well i was just looking angelique said can you post it in the chat we sure can because you know this show is about just having fun in the morning time, talking about current events and anything. There's no topic that is taboo for us. So if we can put everything on one page, you know, we have those nice little clips that we do that are snippets. Cause you know, Doreen is always dropping bombs, dropping mics. So if you want to see all of that in one place, go over and like the page. And before this show is over, I will definitely drop it in the chat for everyone. Angelique. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for, for being here, for your support, and we truly enjoy it. And I think you know it, you feel it anyway. We cannot, <laughs> we cannot fake it. We really, truly love being here every Saturday, having those rough conversations sometimes with you. But listen, we are all in the same boat, and there is enough space for each one of us to succeed. So let's let's make it a reality. Let's build a, build a stronger community. And actually, once we start hosting the show on the LinkedIn page, uh, we will be able to do polls and to ask you what topics you would like us to talk about, right? So it makes it more about us as a group instead of just Rob and I showing up and having those conversations. But we have a lot of fun. So thank you, Rob, for posting the, um, the link in the comment. You're watching live. You're watching the replay. The comment section is always open. 
we look at it, we read them and answer all of them, okay? And today we are talking about a topic that is quite interesting. So let me ask, let me ask you something, Robert. Have you ever felt anxious about or before giving a presentation? Oh, me? No, never. Really? Like, every time I ask you a question, like, me uh -uh. like i feel like you were born perfect like you were born this way lady gaga she she she's like she sings this song for you right <laughs> uh, no I, you know what yes you know extremely nervous and think about it we all get it your palms get a little sweaty you start having those thoughts in your head what if they don't like me what if i forget what i'm saying what if i mess up then your stomach starts churning so it starts with your brain then it goes down to your body and you get real real nervous yeah that happens yeah it does it does happen and it's normal now you know the way you will prepare yourself to do this presentation will definitely have an impact on your anxiety and how you can control it right and today we have five tips like very powerful tips uh rob and i uh we have had the opportunity and uh, to and and the, the chance i don't know i don't know if i want to say the chance rob because we work hard for and we work hard on increasing our visibility and especially on linkedin to get those opportunities right uh but we have had the opportunities to speak in front uh, of a crowd being a big crowd medium large conferences you probably you probably have seen some of the pictures at the beginning and so you know we have learned along the way what's working what's not working and what are the best practices that you know make the job better for the audience and easier for us right so but before we dive into you know the the, the five top tips to help you nail your next big presentation especially in front of your executives, let's take a look at the most common mistakes that people make when doing a presentation. And actually there are like two mistakes that uh, people make mainly. And the first one actually is to speak too much. Okay, starting off with too much context upfront, rambling, it's hard. You have to understand that it's not the more you speak about it, the more you are building your credibility. Actually not. This is quite the opposite because the more you speak, the more you give information, the more you give context actually to your audience, especially again, if there are executives where they are sharp, their time is precious, they don't have a lot of time, you gotta be able to go straight to the point. And we are going to tell you how, but first keep in mind that when you speak too much, you are losing your people's attention. You are losing your audience's attention. Is that something that you have experienced already? Oh, absolutely. So I've been speaking in front of executives ooh, for maybe 20 years. And so in the beginning, man, I messed up so bad so many times. Because think about this. We talk a lot when we are nervous or when we're unprepared. Now, when you're nervous and unprepared, you really talk a lot. I remember the first time I had to speak in front of the executive cabinet in a company. I was maybe 25, 26 years old. And I went in and I, I talked a lot. I knew what I was talking about, but I thought the more information I gave them, the better. I bombed big time. 
Now, fortunately for me, I had a guy that was there with me. He was a partner in the firm I was working for, and he pulled me to the side and he gave me a lot of hard, constructive criticism. It really hurt my feelings, but it was necessary and needed because, you know, I thought if I talk a lot, they'll understand it, they'll get it, they'll see that I'm knowledgeable, but I ended up wasting their time. And I talked a lot because I was nervous. And I'll never forget that. Frank pulled me aside and gave me some valuable lessons. Yeah, and you know what happened to me actually during a presentation in front of executives? I remember one of them interrupted me and asked me to go to the point. Yep. And I felt so embarrassed because I was like, I was trying to to prove myself. I was I was I thought uh, I had this misconception that the more I tell them about the context and about what I know and you know how what I know can help them and all of this, all of this, that actually I lose they lose track of my point. And at some point they just interrupted me, say, so can you go straight to the point, please? And that was a I mean that was a hard lesson, trust me, because I could see like other people in the room like Thing, you know, moving, nodding the head and saying, yes, like, come on, <laughs> right? So that's the first mistake. It's not because the more you say, the less you will look confident. So shift your, your positioning, your, your, your mindset about it. And the less you say, the better, right? And we're going, we are going to tell you how. And the second mistake that a lot of people do, I have never, I have never done this one personally. You will let me know, Rob, if you have is to, to, to stick to the script and to read your script or to read your slides. This is terrible. This is terrible. Don't do that because, again, the message that you are portraying is that you are not confident, you don't know your topic well enough in order to detach yourself from the script. So is that a mistake that you have uh, ever done? Now, I will say that's one that I've never done. But the reason that I never did it is because I sat through so many boring presentations and I saw people doing it and I vowed to myself I would never, ever do that. So that's one that thankfully I learned from the mistakes of others. And I never did that one. Yeah, I, I never did that one because I was trained in university, you know, on how to do good presentations. So of course, it takes practice to master it. But yes, and exactly. And when I see people, you know, reading their scripts or reading their slides, I'm like, no, come on, please. You have to detach yourself because we want to know about how you are capable of delivering the information, right? So now, without further ado, and let us know in the comment. I see a lot of people writing in the comment. Let us know if you have anxiety uh, doing presentations. Have you done the same mistakes as us? What are the other mistakes that you have uh, done? And what are the, the tips that you are looking for, right? Because we will present you our top five tips, but we have way, way more <laughs> that we, we, we can talk about. And, and I see Farah who says, many nurses get nervous during interviews. And I coach nurses and provide interview prep. Honestly, it's all about being prepared and confident, having situational awareness. That's very true, actually. But the way you present during an interview and the way you present in front of executives or in front of a crowd is, is, quite, is quite different. Um, and she says, again, most people and executives, and keep in mind, executives are people too. Like, they want to go straight to the point right so let's let's dive into it 
Oh, here we have another, where is your comment? From Angelique who says, people who read slides is annoying. I can read titles are fine, but if you are gonna read what I'm reading, it's annoying. Feels like I'm doing the work along, oh, along with go. them. And Angelique, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. There, there are some things that you know you can do to make your slides better. We call it death by PowerPoint because, like Usama said, it just puts you to sleep. And here's what I always say: You see people they have PowerPoints that are full of all these bullet points. Well, you know bullets kill, and if your presentation has too many bullet points, you're killing people because you're boring them to death. And you're getting them confused because the more people have to read on your sl slide the less they are listening to you, right? So, so let's dive into the tips here. So first of all, focus on bluff. Let me know, let us know in the comment if you have ever heard of this method, the bluff method. So bluff actually stands for bottom line first, okay? Bottom line first, which basically means that you gotta get to the point quickly okay you want to begin your presentation with the most important information okay the most important information first whether that's your request your call to action the solution that you are providing to the problem the recommendations that you are presenting to your team to your to your executive team or the key conclusion of your presentation you want to start by what's most important because you will catch their attention they know the results, they know the solutions or the recommendations. So now they want to know how you can get to that point, right? Yeah. So I'll give you a tip on this one and how to really make it work. Remember when you used to watch the nightly news and how they would come up with headlines and the headlines would lead the show and then they would get into the story? When you have something to say to an executive, think like a newscaster. Come up with your headline that's impactful. And think about this. A lot of people who run departments and have to do presentations before executives, they're always asking for more money in the budget. And they whine. Today, I'm here to do a budget presentation because we need a million extra dollars in our budget because we've had budget shortfalls for the last... Now, how boring is that? However, <laughs> let's say... You want a million extra dollars because you figured out that you can actually save $2 million if you get that extra million. You start your presentation off and say, today I'm here to talk about how we can save $2 million. Bam, you've got their attention. Now you go into detail. It is almost like a news story. Think about how newscasters operate. They think about, they, they present the attention grabbing headlines. That is what you want to do whenever you have to present before executives. You give them what it is that they need to know initially and then give them some of the details. Exactly. And that will allow you, you know, to, as I said, catch people's attention and keep their attention high because they want to know how to get to the solution you just presented. Right. Tip number two. This one's a good one too. introduce the villain. So, Robert, tell us why it is important to introduce the villain or the enemy when doing a presentation. Because all stories that are memorable, they have a villain, an enemy, a problem that the superhero in that situation, you, the presenter, can help solve or, you know, uh, yeah, can help solve. So, 
Why do we need a villain? Yeah, think about this. Every great story has a villain. And when you have a villain, you end up gathering people together to go against that villain. Many of you watch the Marvel movies and the DC movies. You see Batman, you see Superman, you see the Avengers. You know who the enemy is. And as you're sitting in that movie theater, everybody's cheering for the Avengers to beat the enemy. So when you introduce an enemy into your story, you're going to have your audience on your side cheering to see how we, not you in your presentation, how we, because now they're on your side, how we are going to defeat the enemy. Exactly. You know, so the problem that you are solving with your presentation, the recommendations that you are presenting to defeat the villain, you know, are important. And so the more you you put the emphasis on the villain, the sooner in your presentation, you know, the more people be, hey, yes, when you watch a movie, you don't wait until like the middle of the movie or towards the end of the movie to, 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 to get to know the villain right that would be boring and you would probably you know change the channel that's exactly the same with your presentation sometimes i feel like when you do a presentation you have to to put yourself in the skin of a, in the skin of a projector or a realizator you know of a movie where you want to grab people's attention and you want people to fight with you and you know to support you and to go towards the solution with you that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is tip number 3 Stick to the rule of three. The rule of three is something that I have learned when I was in university. And uh, I had a great teacher when I was studying political science who would ask us to debate on subjects that were just crazy. And the first subject that it asked me to debate on is why would people prefer cat or dog? Dogs, okay? Which when you just sit in a low low school, you don't really think about, okay, like why would people prefer cats and dogs? But actually that was one of the most memorable and powerful exercises I have ever done because we, we had to like to debate with only three arguments on each on each side before getting to our conclusion, right? And here's the thing with the rule of three. You gotta be able to uh, to, 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 to arrange your presentation around three main things, three main topics, three main arguments, three uh, bullet points, no more than three bullet points per slide. Remember at the beginning, we told you don't put too much text on your slides. Don't put more than three bullet points, three ideas per slide. Otherwise, you are losing people again and you know things are best remembered and reinforced in threes that's just the way it is and again it allows your audience to keep um it allows to keep your audience's attention high because you don't give them too much to think about yeah so let's talk about the rule of three the rule of three public speakers use it all the time now what happens if you don't have three if you have more or less in general, people like odd numbers. And that's how the rule of three kind of came about. So like one, three, five, seven. Think about this. One way to increase your revenue. Three ways to have a better social life. Five ways to wash your hair. Seven ways 
it just rolls off the tongue easy and people are accustomed to it. Now, psychologically, if you study speaking and presenting, you can get into the reasons as to why this is important. We ain't doing all that today because that would actually put you to sleep. But, <laughs> but the rule of three is great. But if you have more or less, try to keep it at an odd number and try to keep it between five or seven. If you notice today, we have five tips. Think about this. Five tips to present to executives with confidence. Now, that sounds great, right? It sounds really yeah. good. Yeah. The rule and every, every, every talk that we host on this show, we stick to five right because three we feel like we want to share more with you and more than five it's like we would go beyond time and we want to ensure that we stick to the 30 minutes uh, time frame that we have set up right so for us five is the perfect number so you also need to uh, you know to understand like how long do you have to speak do you have 15 minutes do you have 30 minutes do you have one hour right and of course based on how long you have usually for executive meetings you have 15 minutes or up to 20 minutes they are kind of short that's why it's very important to to go straight to the point to keep it simple to introduce the solution first to present the villain that we are going to defeat with our solution and to arguments with your three main points or five main points when you have time more if you have more time so you give them the clue actually you give them the keys to say yes to your presentation to say yes to your call to action to say yes to your ask okay and i see i see uh the conversation going is there any um comment here that you would like me to pull out oh here farah says uh, bullet points are best four by four rule. It's just expand on the bullet points. So we are by the 11 and the three, <laughs> the rule of three. That might be something that I don't know. I have never heard of it. Um, okay. And Angelique says, having checkpoints to gauge attention. Example, a meeting after lunch might be a sleepy crowd with brain frog. Oof, that's very true. Now, I like what Angelique said about LinkedIn, IG, YouTube, and TikTok. Coaches do this all the time, talking about the villain. The villain is typically the algorithm. And you think about it, it's so true. Everybody talks about how to defeat the LinkedIn algorithm. And now they've gotten your attention because there's the villain. Thank you, Angelique. I really like that. That, that kind of supports what we're saying. So I appreciate that feedback and that comment. Yes, thank you. Which actually brings us to our next tip, tip number four. So let's, let's, rec let's recap briefly, right? Tip number one. Focus on bluff, bottom line first, go straight to the point. Number two, introduce the villain. What is the problem that your solution, your recommendations will help solve, will help defeat, okay? Tip, uh, tip number three, stick to the rule of three, right? Uh, don't give more than three uh, ideas per slide, focus, or if you have more time, go in an even uh, point so three five seven okay but keep it to the minimum right the more information you put on your slides the less people will pay attention to you speaking because they will be too busy reading or trying to you know make the connection between all the informations and you know that you provided so tip number four 
make your material memorable. So what do we mean by that, Robert? Look, don't have boring PowerPoint slides. So I tell you guys, true story. So as a presenter and a trainer, I am very different. I don't do PowerPoints with like bullet points and a bunch of words on them. I use pictures. Why do I use pictures? Because if you think about how people learn, there are different what we call learning modalities. I'm not making this up. You can look it up. If you think about it, people learn in three different ways, and it's called the VAC, the V-A-K. People are either visual, auditory, or kinesthetic. Some people like to see. I'm very visual, so if you look at a lot of the graphic images that I do on LinkedIn, why do I do a lot of graphic images? Because I learn visually. Some people are auditory. They like to hear. If you're just talking to me and I don't have a visual, you're going to lose me. And that's the kind of person that I am. Some people are what we call kinesthetic. You have to put them through an experience or a feeling. Now, I'm partially kinesthetic because, as you can see, I talk with my hands a lot. I try to keep them down some. Those are the people that you really that really like a story and they like to see movement and stuff like that. When you're talking to people, you don't know who is a V, an A or a K. So when you design your presentation, if your slides are pretty visual, and you're speaking, you're taking care of the auditory. Now, the story and the feeling that you take people through is the kinesthetic, so you've covered all three. So some people are going to fade in and out of your presentation at various points in time, but they will always come back if you're hitting all three of those things. So I do a lot of video and a lot of pictures on my slides, and I may have a few words that emphasize the points that I'm trying to bring out, but I'm very visual, and so I make sure my slides are visual also, Here's what I tell people. I'll tell them it is unfair for me to ask you to listen to me, look at me and read slides at the same time. It's darn near impossible. So if I'm talking and then you look up at the slide and the picture that I have reinforces what I'm saying, I still have your attention. And I will do the same. I will use a lot of images or, or colors, right, that are on brand, of course. Um, and if I, the words, I would put like either the keywords or the key idea, but again, the key idea, I will just put the keywords and I will put them in bold. So people will see those keywords, but then they will have to listen to me speaking in order to understand the idea behind those keywords, right? And something also that I believe is important to, to, to mention. So the way I do my slides, I do my, uh, my, 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 uh, my paper like the same way i would just put like key ideas and bullet points i will never write down my 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 script i will never script my presentation that's what i want to say uh, because when you script your presentation you want to read it or you want to look at it but when you know that you don't have any script you don't have anything to look at then it allows you to stay focused on your audience and to make sure that they listen and you get the point because people will like Corporal, corporal, um, how we say the body language, the body language speaks more right than any words. So you will see how based on the body language of the audience, how they receive your message and if they are like, if their attention is high enough. So get rid of the script, be confident with yourself. And let me share you a funny story here. I was doing a presentation to high profile people i was um, in west africa and i was doing my presentation and at some point it can happen from time to time the power went off so no mic 
no PowerPoint presentation, no light, no nothing, right? So what we did, we just opened all the windows, okay? So we could let the light, uh, the natural light come in. And I, I, I did the presentation to my audience, right? Why? Because I didn't have to, to, to stick to a script. I knew my points, I knew my three points, and I knew uh, what, what was the solution and the message that I wanted to communicate with them. And you know what happened? Instead of being a presentation, it became more of a conversation. So it like the fact that I didn't have a PowerPoint actually helped me even more because people were more engaging with me talking to them. So think about yeah. having a PowerPoint presentation just as a support, but you, you yourself are at the heart of the presentation. Well, here's the other thing. And so now, you, you know, at least once a week, I've got to make somebody mad. So I'm going to make a few people mad right here. Here's what I'm going to say about your PowerPoint presentation. Your PowerPoint presentation is not a handout. I'm so sorry. No, it's not. When I get asked to speak at conferences, people will ask me for copies of my PowerPoint and I say no. I might have a hundred slides in a deck. I should be able to whittle that down to maybe a one pager, maybe three tops so that you have valuable takeaways. If your PowerPoint presentation is a handout, you've done it all wrong. Your PowerPoint presentation is not a handout. Exactly. Which brings us to our next point and the last one. And I love this one. Use plain English. Mm -hmm. Executives are people and people like to keep it simple right it's not because you use high-end vocabulary that it showcases that you know your topic not at all actually this is a misconception the 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 more you make it easier to understand the more you make it you make a concept simple for people to understand the more it shows how you master your topic and something that has helped me to become an effective uh, a presenter or speaker is that English is not my first language, right? So I use simple words. So I stay confident in my ability to deliver the message using simple words. And this is how it is so much impactful to the audience because they can perceive and they can receive the right information right away without having to think too much about it. Remember, when you do a presentation, your job is to make it as easy as possible for your audience to understand your message. Yep. Plain English. It's as simple as that. Doreen and I were talking right before the show. Um, there's something called the Literacy Index for the US and for the world. And if you look it up, the average person in the US reads and writes at about a seventh grade level. And Doreen was telling me that for the world, it's about a third or a fourth grade level. So that means that even your CEO in your company reads rights at about a seventh grade level. And that makes sense. So why in the world would you use this big language in your business presentations? Because now you are segmenting your audience. You're not reaching everyone that you want to reach. You need to design your presentations to where you're reaching the lowest common denominator that could be in your audience. Exactly. And we have a comment that, that is funny, right? Angelique says, the first time I heard someone called Dropbox a re repository, I don't even know this word. 
Yeah. I... Just a drum box, okay? <laughs> and here's what's funny about that. I understand why she put repository in uh, quotes because oftentimes a repository is like the place where you drop off crap. It's like your bathroom. It's like, you know. Mm. So I get, and Angelique is funny. I like. And we have a question, and we are we are going to conclude this conversation with this question. Um, I can see printed material being helpful to to aid in having something to touch. But what are some tips you have uh, for interactive uh, presentation online? I use QR codes a lot. What are some others for this particular um, audiences? I think, and it depends on two things: the size of your audience, okay and um, the topic that we are talking about. A way that I make my uh, online presentation very interactive is uh, we ask questions to the audience when they don't expect it, <laughs> right? So I will force them and I tell them like early on, like very early on, if you think that uh, you will be sitting here listening to me like for half an hour, this is not what's going to happen because I really want to have a really this for me. This is a way that I engage my audience in a conversation. I, I never do my presentation as a one way street, except when I speak to big event on big stage with 200, 300, 400 people in the room. And even when I speak in front of a big crowd, I will stop and I will ask question and I'll say, Hey, who can relate? Like, I will ask the question and say, hey, you, what do you think? So online, I would say, hey, and it's even easier online because you can see people's name and I would call out people about their name and say, hey, what do you think about it? You know, what would you do instead? So you involve your audience in your presentation. And this is, I think for them, this is where they will remember it the most because they took part of it. They took active part in your, in your presentation. So I love this question because... Many of you guys know I am a keynote speaker, but I'm also a trainer. And I was doing training in person until the pandemic hit. Actually, I was doing some online before the pandemic, but when the pandemic hit, everything went online. And I was already different to begin with. And so I began exploring new techniques and technologies. And I've done keynote speeches, I've done training sessions, I've done executive briefings and things. And you know, you get back those ratings, people telling you how well you've done, and mine are stellar. I've shown some on LinkedIn, so this is not just me bragging. Go back and look at some of my previous content. I pulled them up. You'll see when people have to rate you out of five, I get like 4.7 rating. Here's one thing that I do to make it interactive. Start off from the beginning with the interactivity, but also make it surprisingly diff different. Like for example, now I know what, this is a little bit different from an executive presenting to executives. Now we're talking about just doing some sort of training or some sort of update, but what a lot of people do is they say, okay, so if you've ever had this happen to you before, type yes. Oh, but, no, I don't like to do that. I have never do done that, actually. Well, see, I do something similar, but it's a little bit more engaging. Like, for example, I have some certain things where I'm asking people, hey, are you a night person or are you an early bird? So I'll have you type into the chat night person or early bird. Because now what it does is other people can see who relates to them. If it's just a yes or a no, you don't know what question they're answering. So you want to ask them to participate in the chat doing things that are very specific so that now your audience can start to relate to one another. So forget the yes or no's, 
give them something that's very specific to do. But also, when I see people saying something in the chat, much like I've done here, when Angelique asked that question, I thought it was a good question. And so I responded to her immediately so that we didn't lose her as an audience member. I said, that's a very good question. Give us one moment. So now she knows that we're going to address that question in just a moment. So you have to really be in multiple places at once. If you guys notice throughout this entire show, I've been engaging and interacting a lot with you all in the chat, as well as engaging with Doreen, as well as on screen answering questions. This takes a lot of practice to do, but that is how you really engage your virtual audiences. You ask them questions that are different. You also don't give them don't ask them for responses that are yes or no. Ask them for responses that are very specific so that they can start to get to know one another. And then you, as a presenter, have to literally be engaged in multiple ways. Exactly. And it gives you also, you know, ideas of what, you know, is the focus of your audience, right? And when you are prepared, well prepared and confident, knowledgeable enough about your topic, maybe you were planning to focus on one aspect of your topic, but then when you ask questions, you realize that most of the questions like are linked to another aspect of the topic that you didn't consider. So without going away from your presentation and the goal that you want to make that's very important and again here it takes practice to be able to address something without without talking too much and going too far away from your key message that allows that shows your audience that you do care actually about what they want to do and, and what they know and what they want to say and what they want to learn right so that's that's very important but to that extent I need to get practice when it comes to speaking to people, reading comments. I know how to do that, but answering comments at the same time, Rob, you are next level. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been doing it for so long now. Um, you know, again, it takes a lot of practice, but once you get it, it becomes like a rhythm. And I really like talking to people. I really like meeting new people. I like talking to people. I like doing training presentations. I like doing executive uh, uh, updates and reports. So this is, I just thrive at this stuff. I love it. And you know, it takes, it takes practice, but also it takes to know who you are and what's mm -hmm. your style. And you know how you want to position yourself as a presenter. So if you don't have a clear answer to this question, there is some inner work to do in order to identify your strengths and you know to identify your message, identify your positioning, how you want to be perceived as a thought leaders, right? It takes some practice in terms of it takes some thinking, some strategies. And if you don't know where to get started, you always have access to the book, stand out from the crowd and become the leader you were meant to be to help you, you know, narrow down your focus and build the confidence and the strategy that you need to position yourself as a thought leader through your presentation, through the way you show up on LinkedIn, on social media, and in front of people. Okay, so that was a great conversation. And I think that was the longest conversation we ever had. But thank you everyone for watching us, for staying with us until the end. You take care, you stay safe, and we will see you next week. Don't forget on our LinkedIn page. So all the community is going over there. Don't forget to like and follow us. Um, good morning, LinkedIn, the LinkedIn page. So you have access to everything you need to become the better version, a better version of yourself. All good, my friend? All good. 
Bye-bye. Peace out.